right, welcome everyone to Mostly Star Wars Podcast. Uh, this week, as you know by our title, we're going to be talking about The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but first, I want to introduce our hosts. We have uh, Josiah here. Hello there. And we have Quentin, who doesn't get to say hello there. <laughs> How's it going? All right. Well, uh, I also just want to mention... Uh, for those that might be listening for the first time uh, on our podcast later, we do do these shows live if you want on YouTube. If you want to join in the discussion with us, uh, you can always do that on the YouTube. Well, okay, so before we get into, I kind of, I was telling the guys, uh, before we get into the movie discussion, I kind of wanted to say something about the sequels. Uh, themselves and the kind of because it kind of I got thinking after my rewatch yesterday of just how much I love this movie but it made me stop and think uh, because watching it I enjoy it so much I see the flaws but uh, there, there are the flaws that the internet points out and yes these movies aren't perfect but Star Wars is never perfect the, the prequels aren't perfect. Everyone jokes about the sand, but we love them. And and we can love these movies too. We don't have to let silly lines like somehow Palpatine returned ruin the fun of these movies. It's okay to love these movies. These are Star Wars. And I firmly believe that in the next 10 years, the flaws in these movies will be mostly forgotten, just like the prequels. And what you have left is great Star Wars. And that's kind of just what I wanted to say off the top. And then I'll let you guys kind of go from where you want, want to go there. Josiah or Quentin. Quentin? <laughs> um, I don't know. I do think this movie starts off pretty good with that, that scene with uh, Kylo and the Knights of Ren. Just wrecking people. The that is, is pretty good. The mm -hmm. uh, Mustafar, Mustafar yeah. scene there is is pretty cool. Yeah, I I think like when I think of this movie, it, like I feel similar to kind of like what you're saying, Tyler. I feel like I may have been tainted a little bit on the sequel trilogy by the time I got to this movie a little bit. And, you know, immediately after leaving the theater, there was already, like you were saying, people, you know, picking it apart and nitpicking. And so I will agree that, you know, I, I, uh, I guess got tainted a little bit by the negativity just surrounding the sequels in general. But there is, I feel like in this movie, a lot more good to me personally, because I could get, I, well... I got past a lot of the things that I disliked in the first two movies and I could focus on where, where they went, where they ended up in the story, story-wise. And I think this one, it was really good as far as uh, where they ended up taking these characters from where they started. So I do like that. And like you were saying, I think, well, really from the crawl, uh, one thing that I was excited to see is it says Kylo Ren is now the Supreme Leader, right? So uh, that was exciting to to kind of see. I mean, it was kind of 
you know, clear that was the, I guess, the path that was going to happen from the last movie. But it was kind of cool to see that take form in in live action. I would say that uh, it would be it would have been nice to see Kylo be more supreme leader, rulery, and see him on the throne and tell the Knights of Ren to go massacre a bunch of things or be like a Vader situation where he has like a whole army go and decimate everything and then he just like walks through all the carnage type thing like he's the ruler. I mean, that would be that I think that would have been cool too to see, you know, and I think, you know, like this one, it kind of focused more specifically on him uh, <laughs> fighting and stuff like that. I would have liked to see that Kylo Ren in the first two movies, him just like massacring people on on behalf of Snoke. But then this one, him more be like Snoke and be like taking charge, the leader and ruling the Knights of Ren like he should be. I kind of feel like this movie, uh, he it's different for Kylo mm-hmm. because he's no longer uh, under Snoke and he has to listen to Snoke. It, it almost seems more like to me that his attitude is, I'm the boss now. You guys do this, take care of this. I'm going to go do whatever the, whatever I want. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to do what I want. No one's telling me what to do anymore. I'm going to take care of the business I want to take care of. And I think that's what always, and what draws Kylo the most is his connection with Rey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with that. And Vader was the same way. Uh, Vader, you know. But Vader always had did, a leash. He did, well, yeah. But he also did his own thing a lot of times. Yeah. And so I think there's similarities there as far as like they had something that they wanted to do and they basically just went for it. And that's what I mean. The difference is, is Vader did what he wanted to do, but he also, you know, had had people do a lot of the stuff that he wanted to do for him. So I think that that would be just the the only thing I would have liked to see him like tell the Knights of Ren, you know, d- not even specifically th- about getting the Wayfinder at the beginning, but really anything like, <clears throat> hey, you know, you need to go do X, Y, Z. And they're like, you know, yes, Supreme Leader and oh. go and just massacre. Yeah. I, I also uh, like the, uh, especially at the beginning here, we're talking about the music as he's flying to Exegol is phenomenal i think it's some of the best john williams and that's saying a lot it it just it kind of almost gives you chills and i find it interesting because at the end when ray is making that same journey you hear the same music going through there and so it's it's really really good stuff and it it's almost i'm almost disappointed that that theme is like super short Mm -hmm. I, i wanted to get more of that theme um, but I also, so when, when Kylo gets to Exegol, he goes down and he's hearing all the voices of Palpatine, Snoke, Vader, and he, he's like, I'm just going to go kill Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, dude, I've been, 
I've been in your head this whole time. You don't even know. And yeah, I, I like the thing that, uh, he tries to tempt Kylo by saying, uh, he'll give him everything that he'll be the emperor of a new empire. Mm -hmm. And like, okay. Who believes that? Because, you know, Palpatine's never going to give up power. And, but just the way he says everything, and it's like, that's the pull of the dark side. That is greed, uh, in, in its purest form, just like wanting everything. And that's what, what Kylo wants. And that's the greed of the dark side. And so, yeah, I just, <clears throat> I find it interesting that he's trying to tempt, uh, uh, Kylo and uh, Rebellica just said uh, Palpatine said it himself all who gain power are afraid to lose it yeah in its most truest form he's the most afraid to lose his power mm -hmm. yeah I do think though um, whether it is with Kylo or whether, whether it is with Rey I do feel like he would have been 100% fine with them you know fighting to the death to see you know, who's stronger. And then I do feel like when he was talking to Ray about her being the Empress, right? I do feel like he was being honest to some extent because, you know, just like Palpatine was kind of, he was the apprentice, but he was the face, you know, mm -hmm. the, the public face of the Sith. And he was the ruler, you know, he was the chancellor he became the emperor and you know his his master was totally fine with that you know being behind the scenes pulling the strings so i do feel like he probably would have been okay with ray you know being the empress face of the sith but he's still in the background pulling the strings mhm mm and so uh as we're we're kind of going to just so everyone knows, we're kind of going to move a little bit quickly because some of us have uh, things that came up that they have to take care of after the stream here. So we're going to move more quickly than usual. Um, I like the, I, I, his name is Bilio or Bolio, the alien at the front that they're meeting that's the spy uh, <laughs> that's giving them the message of about uh -huh. the spy in the First Order that's relaying them. I always yeah. love that. I always like that line is so epic. How can we ever repay you? Win the war. <laughs> I just, Poor I just guy. love that. Uh, also, did you know that's Mark Hamill? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was it was true. it was a yeah. short lived, but he had a. He I like good... I like Mark Hamill. It's so funny because he has even come out and said it. He's basically had a cameo of some kind or another under secret names in every Star Wars project since Disney's been making them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. I'm kind of wondering, is, is you, he even becoming... If he's, even if he's unhappy with the way his character was portrayed, he still loves the saga. I think... I, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to start making him like... Uh, Stan Lee for the Marvel movies. Yeah. But, but he, his <laughs> is our... But, but Mark Hamill's are always secret. And mm -hmm. he's even revealed that he has a name in the credits of what his secret <laughs> uh, alias is. 
I can't remember what it was, but uh, you look like you got something to add there, Q. Oh, you're good. Okay, so next we get uh, Ray is cha- uh, is trying to reach the Jedi of old, and that she's training, which I think that was one of the biggest complaints that everyone yes. had mm-hmm. with the with the first two. And so they made, you can obviously tell that they made sure to put this in. And I know we talked a lot about the problems that this movie has, but for the most part, I don't even really see a lot, especially like that kind of stuff. I don't really see it as much when you sit down and watch it and just enjoy it. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I was going to mention, I will mention this. Um, It's kind of hard for me to audibly say this. But I will admit, like, this movie, the last two times that I watched it in preparation for this show, like, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I took, I tried to clear my head, be 100% in the movie like I always do, and, like, I truly was. Like, there was moments in it that I felt were so amazing, and as anybody knows, you watch any type of film, you know, and you get goosebumps. You start feeling what the characters are feeling. I feel like that is an amazing mm-hmm. movie. And this movie gave that to me. It, it gave it to me once again. And I was I was even shocked myself. Like, wow, like that actually just hit me. Like what just happened there actually affected me. And on top of it, you know, I've mm-hmm. seen it multiple times. So I, I do think that this movie of the three, when I can put aside, you know, <laughs> my my flaws of the whole sequel trilogy itself i think this movie did a great job at at a lot of different things i think they they gave respect and paid homage to the characters that i felt you know got the short end of the stick you know they they gave han uh they gave han his his homage his respect uh which was amazing uh they did the same thing for leia obviously and then they did the same thing for Chewie. Uh, Chewie got finally, you know, got his medal. And, you know, like he was part of the joy and the celebration. And uh, you were kind of talking about all of the different cameos. And once again, we get uh, Warwick Davis. So, mm-hmm. you know, me, that's a personal favorite of mine. We got to see Wicket. And like I've said before, you know, his character arc continued on. He didn't just like, you know become clumsy and die or something like that he has his own son so that was cool to see like him and his little son at the end and once again kind of like moving you know bringing forward that little thing because warwick davis is has a ton of cameos too in like Mm -hmm. every star wars movie and he just loves star wars so much yeah he uh, does because he's always at the celebrations everything yes and so yeah I, i love seeing him in there and then uh so it's Wicket and his son, but it's really Warwick Davis and his real life son together at the end of the movie. And that just, it touches me, you know, like taking everything out of it, you know, I'm a dad. So that was really huge to uh, get to see him take his son now into Star Wars and continue on the legacy. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, I agree. There, There's a lot of moments when you watch this movie, even the stuff that people will complain about that say uh, are contradictory to The Last Jedi, I don't believe that. 
uh, a lot of people complain about when Luke catches the lightsaber and then says a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. And people are like, <laughs> see, see, uh, JJ is telling Ryan that he, he's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, again, you didn't pay attention to the end of The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson already said that. We've mm-hmm. moved we've moved on. This is this Luke learned that lesson in The Last Jedi. And so this is just him reinforcing that lesson on on Ray. And I so this time I was watching that moment and I just you just get chills and it's so so good. It's it everything mm-hmm. falls in place and it doesn't it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel like one filmmaker is trying to tell another filmmaker that they're wrong about how they view Star Wars. It just feels like Star Wars. Yeah. And I think once again, uh, like I was saying, the respect and the homage, they did the same thing with Luke. And you basically touched on exactly what I wanted to say about that is. So not only was that epic, like you said, like him catching that lightsaber, because we know he wanted to catch the lightsaber out of the snow instead of Ray. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) before, you know, he said that multiple times. But so him being able to catch that in the flames, that was awesome. And then I love when he's just like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) are you serious? You know, this is what you're going to be, how you're going to act, you know? And then when she says, I was trying to be like you, I'm doing the same thing you did. And he says, I was wrong, you know, and exactly going to your Mm -hmm. point. So it's like, it, it took what they did throughout that movie up until the very end, you know, and, and brought it back to the Luke Skywalker that I believe in, you know, and he now not only, you know, if, if I can, you know, take that away all all of those years of what he did and just see him as, you know, he made a mistake. He admitted that he's wrong. And now he's, he's helping teach based on his failure to the new generation that was a really cool thing what they ended up doing for luke yeah for sure i definitely agree with that uh, i i really like luke's portrayal here i like i like even the little things that they do in this movie it's kind of funny if you notice it they never ever show his right hand hmm. he, it's like hmm. hidden in his robe or or something and and when he's lifting the X-wing, it's always his left hand hmm. that's that's out. And I because because you know that his right hand was the one that was cut off, so it would have had a metal hand. And I like how they just address that without actually doing anything. They just don't show the hand, <clears throat> <laughs> like just the little little things like that. Uh, I yeah, love. I never noticed that. And but so. Uh, I kind of want to get, because one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, well, one, okay, before we get there, let's talk. They go to Pasana. Oh, okay. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. So, Rebellica said it was hard to watch this movie without Carrie Fisher. And I will say that while I wish that she could have been able to finish the story, what they were able to do with her was fantastic and the way mm-hmm. her story finishes is is beautiful 
even if maybe some of her lines aren't perfect and you can tell that they were meant for different scenarios yeah somewhat if you just buy into the movie and what's going on the way they did it it's it's beautiful and and her story in this movie her connection with ben is is fantastic <clears throat> mm -hmm. yeah i thought they really did a respectable job in in her her uh, involvement in this film and i think as as fans we were glad that we got to see some more of her yeah yeah for sure i think you know a lot of people have you know film creators um movie studios have had to deal with situations like this and i feel like it's it's a lot of times like a a lose lose you know because you know when someone passes away in real life you know especially a beloved you know character in the story and a beloved you know human being i think not every no one's ever gonna 100 percent be happy with what you do whether you don't put them at all whether you put some or whether you put a lot of them i think that's a lot of times the issues that you run into and i think like what you guys were saying i think they they did a really good job in there i don't think there was any scenes where i was like that was pushing it or why you know that was forcing it or why did they do so much like i felt like everything made sense it felt good and it was kind of like it was a farewell movie to her that you know uh, whether you know she died in real life or not i think that it was a beautiful movie to the character and so i think that you know she would have if she were able to watch this movie in its entirety i think that she would be <clears throat> proud of what they did with her character yeah it definitely fit her story here does not contradict anything that leia ever did it fits exactly with who that character was throughout throughout her life Mm -hmm. and and it is like that is I, I talk about the moments this this movie can bring kind of like you were saying is that moment when she passes and she calls to ben it's one of the saddest moments in all of star wars it's like it's hard not to get teary-eyed especially especially yeah. when they come back and and they tell I think it's interesting the way they do that scene because when they first focus on Finn and Finn first focuses on Poe when they're told that Leia's gone, but then they realize that no, this is not gonna, it's not going to be nearly as hard for us as Chewie. And, and that's when Chewie yeah. breaks down. And that's, that's one of the hardest, but most beautiful scenes I think in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh big shout outs real quick to the chat. Uh we got Bruce in the chat. Uh appreciate you and uh Blind Giant 808 as well. Thanks both of you guys for for jumping in as well. Uh always love seeing everybody in the chat. Uh Rebelica always. <laughs> um and so just just I, kind of, I will kind of get more into it in a little bit. So I kind of want to go a little bit uh, back. One, Lando's introduction was mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And it just, I, I really like the part when he, when he takes off his helmet 
and he realizes or and everyone realizes who it is and i i do feel like this was jj kind of fixing his own mistake mm -hmm. because the first thing chewie sees him and he's gotta go give him a hug mm -hmm. and i feel like that was jj trying to fix his own mistake of not having leia hug chewie at the end of force awakens i felt like that's kind of and, and but it was so good to see and he's, i love i love uh they go how did you find us wookie stand out in a crowd yeah <laughs> that, that was yeah. i yeah just all of it it was so great and uh once again not to beat a dead horse but i love what they did with that character once again we've talked about it before we talked about it when we covered solo but all of these beloved characters you know i feel like they can bring them back and let them pass down their legacy their knowledge their wisdom to the to the next generation right they can they can pass that down without them having to you know revert in their character arcs you know they don't have to be losers you know he continues to be like his suave swagger you know and all the way through this movie up until the very end you know he you know he's he has like a really cool calm like demeanor but also you know talks with the confidence you know that you know he he has the backing financially to you know to back whatever he says he's gonna do <laughs> so and then after after that scene you get the uh i know quentin wants to mention the uh <laughs> the tracks and the uh the chase scene there yeah i just i mean <clears throat> it felt a little weird that that the first order being more advanced than the empire their speeders rely on ground transportation they're not like they're not actually speeders okay what are walkers what are what are ATATs? what are those are heavy heavy transports for carrying stuff carrying troopers and and supplies that was a star destroyer still floats speeders are supposed to be supposed to be fast man it's just weird, you know? What about, they fly now? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that's one that bugs you. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I just uh... think it's... I, I love C-3PO in this, in this scene, too, because he's like, it looks like you lost them. Wonderful job, sir. And then, oh, they're back. Terrible job, sir. <laughs> I, I think, still, still being yeah, a butler that's, that's what i was gonna say on this movie too so on on top of uh, a big uh welcome to seth uh, love always seeing you in the chat um but yeah so the other thing is is this movie like i literally laughed out loud at different moments mm -hmm. and like i didn't get that watching the first two you know there's some funny moments but i definitely didn't laugh out loud and I think they do they do the humor in this one so good. Like, I don't know. There's just different. Yes, I agree. There's different moments in here that I was just like, that's just so good. Even uh, um, at the beginning when they all look at uh, uh, 3PO, right? And then he's like. And he looks behind him. <laughs> oh man it, it gets me every single time it's, i don't know there's just some a few different good moments in this movie that i was like okay like you know that's good humor <laughs> yeah uh 
just like the Seth said, Babu Frick is is the greatest. He's so he is. Awesome. I love that character. He's so good. I just I just yeah. like even the stuff he normally says. Droid mine go blank. Blank yeah. blank. <laughs> blank blank blank. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I love when when characters. I love when uh Babu Frick uh, right after C-3PO has his memory wipe and he introduces himself and he goes, I'm Babu Frick. And then, and then later when they say they intercepted a message, C-3PO goes, Oh, Babu Frick, he's one of my oldest friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's done yeah. it for like half a day. <laughs> yeah. And I he love was the first it... one to introduce himself to him. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I love also that when C-3PO, uh, whatever they break the firewall or whatever you want to say and has him do the translation that his eyes turn red you know yes. like it's it's it, it was such like a and i think like my my viewpoint of it's changed like kind of over over time as well on that but i really like that they do that you know symbolism is so huge this one like smacks you right in the face but i really do like that they did that because it reminds me now after the obi-wan kenobi series of lola Mm -hmm. right yes. you know it's the same thing you know like the lights just it you know red is bad <laughs> anywhere in droids yeah. sabers doesn't matter what it is and uh yeah that that was another really uh just the humor in the whole thing that he knew he knew what it says but he couldn't say you know and so i thought that was that was a really good ploy uh who knows who the specific person said that you can't translate sith was but like i do think that the that's that kind of story arc within this movie and you know the way that they played it off and the way cpo uh, c3po was about it you know was was really good i think they played that off good okay so there's like two things i want to mention so bef before we get to the babu frick there uh there is the scene with ray and kylo and the tie fighter in the desert i think that mm -hmm. scene is incredible the, yeah. the just the whole thing i i love uh kylo's tie fighter i mm -hmm. think that is one of the coolest ships in all of star wars yeah i really i've looked i really really want a lego of that <laughs> yeah for sure I, i've looked and the only one i can find is the one because it's slightly different from the one from the last jedi because it has the mm -hmm. classic ball in the middle, but it has the silencer types on the side. I, I mm -hmm. really like that. And and so that scene is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of wanted to touch on kind of what we were talking about with uh, C-3PO. And I, I feel like everyone says, well, they played it up like 3PO is going to die. Well, they actually said, doesn't R2 back up your memory? Like, and he says, C-3PO says he's all reliable, but of, or he's not very reliable, but of course he's going to say... He says R2 units are historically... Un storage storage is unreliable. Not necessarily R2-D2, but R2 units in general. Yeah, mm -hmm. and... But, but he always makes funny uh, comments like that about R2. That's their kind of... Their friendship, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so... But I like that moment when he turns back to look at him and he's like, and then like, what's going on 3PO? And he's like, I'm just taking one last look at all my friends. Yep. And I, I like that 
he's looking at them. So you feel like he's talking about them. But mm-hmm. I also get by his words that he's scouring his memory banks. He's he's looking at Obi-Wan. He's looking mm-hmm. at Luke. He's looking at Leia and everyone that he's ever met and every his entire life and it kind of is like not just at the three of them Mm -hmm. and and it kind of is just like it it does kind of get that ball in your throat you know and you're like Mm -hmm. god it just makes you love star wars (laughs) yeah for sure yeah that that moment is really big in this movie um hits you big time um anybody you know who loves star wars you gotta love the droids right mm-hmm, and i mm-hmm. and it the, they become like just like any other character and you know that was so huge i just re- i remember that moment in the theater the very first time and yeah that that just wrecks you that totally gets you um you know when you don't know what's going to end up happening right um and so I, I think that that one is really big and i think the other the the other thing you mentioned was uh kylo um in the sand playing chicken with ray <laughs> basically and that was one of the moments that because it wasn't just that though it was everything that i knew coming up right but i feel like that whole scene uh from her uh taking down his ship in like an actually super cool way and then all the way to the transport you know when force lightning comes out for the first time well that whole scene right there just gave me the chills because uh as i talked about talked about before like i love like force abilities but my issue is when people have force abilities that just never learned how to do them but <laughs> this one why everything makes sense and i'm a hundred percent okay with anything ray could have done anything in this movie and i would have been okay with it why because we specifically saw her get trained by Leia. Not only did we hear about it, but we physically watched her in this movie training with Leia. So now anything she does is explained. It's yeah. easily explained. She does that cool backflip, you know, take down a ship. Hey, she could have learned that while she was training with Leia. You know, she holds that shuttle or whatever that's more than she's ever done before well she's been training how to use the force and realizing that size matters not right all of these things are now explained because we saw her train and we know that she trained with leia so you know all of this like i i feel like all of my issues with like you know things that she knew how to do or could do maybe before you know i thought she should have been able to that's all blown out the window now now she she's full bore she's trained to be a jedi and you know with one of the you know the greatest Jedi's ever, you know, Leia. So I know people, a lot of people complain about like, say the force healing and stuff. And you know how we've kind of talked about how the Jedi diluted their power in, Mm -hmm. in the uh, prequels. Basically, if you talk Mm -hmm. about say the light side is a hundred percent and the dark side is a hundred percent. Well, when you divide a hundred percent into 10,000 people, it's, uh, d- very diluted. Whereas when you have Ray here, we're basically currently alive. She's pretty much the only light user. So mm-hmm. she ha- could be drawing upon all of that. And uh, so 
Uh, yeah, I love because you kind of mentioned it. You see her training. We see her at the, when you first see her training. She's floating there, up way yeah. up in the air, and so you could <laughs> easily see how she could make that jump. Yeah, and then like when she's done, she does like a cool little fancy backflip to land. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, like she's legit now. I mean, we've already talked about this before, but the span's only like what, like you know, under two years. So it's like a year, but depending how you want to say the months and everything of the yeah. the whole trilogy, it isn't that long. But you know, uh, this is understandable now. It's like it's okay to say like she was training, but she's a really fast learner, so she learned all this stuff. But at least we know she's training, <laughs> you know? and we learn so, why she is so strong. Yeah. And so, because, I mean, it's in just her her blood. And I kind mm-hmm. of, like, uh, we'll kind of move on uh, past the uh, Babu Frick stuff. And, and I, I think it was interesting kind of to note, because uh, Zori tells Poe that the First Order came and collected all the children. Mm-hmm. And obviously to enslave them into stormtroopers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, so, we get to, I think it's a different moon on Endor, is what they say. It's, they yeah. say it's, a, it's a different moon of Endor. Because mm-hmm. they don't call it the forest moon, they just say right. a, a moon of Endor, or in the Endor system, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, and I'm perfectly fine with. And so, Ray gets the Wayfinder has her little fight with herself because obviously that place is powerful with the dark side. And then she gets the wayfinder and it rolls right to Kylo and he destroys it. Mm -hmm. I personally love this saber battle. I think there's a lot of emotions going on in it. Mm -hmm. I, I like the fact that as powerful as we just talked about Ray is, like when the one time Ray jumps out of the way of the waves mm-hmm. and and Kylo jumps over her and past her. So he's making a further jump. So you're seeing how much he's gained as well. Yeah. And then I also like another time where she also tries, then she tries to jump out of the waves again. And he's just like, I'm so strong. I'm not moving. He walks yeah. through it and he comes out <laughs> I like soaking that wet. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I the ladies like, like that too. <laughs> I feel like this this battle, as far as the saber work goes, <laughs> left a little to be desired. But I did think there were some some ec- excellent examples of them using the force, like Ray mm-hmm. pushing back Finn, to, so he doesn't follow her, and the, yeah, the epic and, and force the- jumps. And the, well, they also do do the things that uh, the force block with the saber. They block the sabers mm-hmm. with the force. Yeah, a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I liked, but but what was interesting to me is Kyla wins this fight. Mm-hmm. She's beaten. She's yeah. He he's just doing hard lunges on her, and she's basically on her hands and knees. She's beaten. It sounds like an exercise, hard lunges. <laughs> well, no, just yeah, but he's he's striking at her with a lot of strength. Yeah. And it's just interesting to me that and this is kind of like one of my favorite parts 
and why I said the, the Leia story is, is so beautiful. Because <clears throat> he he beat Ray, mm -hmm. but Leia calls out to him. Yeah. And I felt like because he said right before they start, you can never you just just like me, you can never go back to her. Mm -hmm. And that moment, it felt like she was Leia was calling to Ben saying, no, it's OK. You can. It's OK. We still love you. We're still mm -hmm. your mom and dad. We still love you. And, and he could feel her dying. And he dropped his lightsaber. And that's where Ray kind of acts rashly. Yeah. And stabs him. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I, I feel that, like this kind of moment is almost Ray's moment from uh, Return of the Jedi where where... Luke cuts off Vader's hand. Yeah. Yep. She kind of, kind of like realizes, okay, what I just did. And so she has the line, uh, she heals him and then says that she did want to take his hand. She wanted to take Ben's hand. Mm hmm. And then I, I, I find it interesting that she then runs off to, uh, Octu to do what Luke did. But I find, I just, I love, uh, right there you get Maz Kanata saying, goodbye, dear princess. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's touching, but you get, I kind of want to talk about Kylo's or Ben at this point, his memory of Han. Mm -hmm. And it's almost... For the most part, it's almost the same words that are when they're on the bridge in The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Only only a few lines are changed. And basically, he's like, Kyle or Ben is like, well, I, I said I couldn't go back to her, and now she's gone. But she said I could come back. And Han goes, she might be gone, but what she fought for is not gone. Mm -hmm. And I just... I love the moment when Ben is like, he can't, he, he can't say, he goes, dad, and, and he can't say, I love you. And Han mm -hmm. just says, I know that as yeah. a Star Wars fan, that's, mm -hmm. that's just a chilling yep. moment. And it's so good. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I, I love, like, the whole crescendo up to that moment. So you kind of touched on it, but I really like this battle. I like the I like the fighting. Um, it's understandable where they're at. Like you're saying, the very beginning of the movie, we have Kylo uh, taking out, like, a, a, a whole village of monks or <laughs> whatever they are, you know, protecting the Wayfinder, right? So he takes all them out in, you know, very up-close and personal you know, passionate way, you know, but you can kind of, you can see like you're saying it. I think that kind of helped you see that, you know, hopefully he worked on his <laughs> lightsaber skills, you know, but then we have Ray as well. So not only that, but what they're both fighting for are very different, but uh, at, at the same time, really close to the same thing. And then you just have, you know, basically Ray make that huge mistake, you know, but then, you know, kind of uh, immediately, Wait, are you saying she's but, not perfect? <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally not. Uh, but 
but I think the perfect thing about her is she made the mistake and then found the ability to heal him. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so that was all really crazy, right? And then it, the next time that you see him, he has this moment, you know, with, with himself, really. It, it, like it said, his, the memory of him, the memory of Han. And, you know, I think the cool thing about that is whether or not you know, you want to view Han as whatever he ended up being before he died. I think the cool thing about this is this is how Ben remembers his dad. And I yes. thought that was awesome because it's the same way I remember him. He remembers <laughs> in the last moment, in the last moments of his life that he was there for his son, regardless right. of what happened before. Mm -hmm. yeah and so i think that was an awesome it, that was awesome to see because obviously you know everybody in freaked out about han in the theater <laughs> when we yes. got to see him in this movie you know like you know whether it's because of people are like he's never gonna do it because the it's too much money and all this type of stuff whatever it was before it came out but the fact that when you saw him you're like what you know that was just super that was so awesome to see i, I remember that moment like super vividly the first time i saw that but yeah, that was super emotional, especially after everything that we just saw. I think that was that was an awesome that was an awesome moment in the movie, a huge turn that kind of changes the pace and the direction of the rest of the movie. So then uh Ray or not Ray, uh Finn and Poe go back to I don't know I don't know what the planet is that their base is on, but they go back to mm -hmm. that planet and they all find out Leia's done, and we kind of discussed that. And mm -hmm. but Poe is sitting there in front of Leia and going, "I don't know what to do. I don't. I don't know how to do this. I'm. I'm not ready." And I just, I love uh, Lando comes in and says, "Neither were we. Who's ever mm -hmm. ready?" Yeah. And yeah, that line it just makes you makes you think of, well, it makes you think of the, the original trilogy and just the how young they were and how much they were able to accomplish when yeah. they might not have felt like they were they were that, strong enough to do anything. And and Poe goes, "How did you take down an empire with with just that and everything?" And and that's when Lando's like, "We who's ever ready? We had each other. That's how we won." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like. <laughs> this is another uh, one. So Poe realizes what he's going to do. I love how Poe's two mentors to become a leader are Leia and Lando. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, he goes to Finn and he says, I, I need you in command with me. And then they do the general, general. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh -huh. That's yeah. always fun. And then but, we also had Dio rummaging through Leia's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Dio, Dio was interesting, and it kind of goes on your point about the droids in Star Wars and how I kind of I view them as basically like our pets. They're mm -hmm. part of your family, and that's one interesting uh, aspect, especially with Dio, because you can see that he was abused, and that's why Rey was like, okay, well, that's okay. You're with us now. Mm -hmm. And and I... I Look, when she reaches out to touch him, he's like, no, thank you, and backs away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and, like but, I, but I also like... I also like when 
when 3PO is telling his lines of uh he's looking at all his friends and the only one that speaks is Dio and he goes sad yeah <laughs> <laughs> or that or when Ray is gone and he talks to Poe and he goes I miss her mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but so after that they get the rally and and they get all the data on Exocol and I just I love this line it's not over the top but it's really good mm-hmm. their, their speech that they give because they say that the first order wins by making you think you're not alone good people will you fight are alone yeah making you think you are alone and, and he goes on good people will fight if we lead them yeah leia never gave up neither will we we're gonna show them we're not afraid and I, this is my favorite line what our mothers and fathers fought for, we will not let die. Mm-hmm. That That is the moment. That is like one of my favorite lines of this movie. What our mothers and fathers, because it also brings back the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, what everyone's been fighting for this whole time. They, mm-hmm. What they fought for, we will not let die. We will yeah. not let them down. The, the battle, the, the fight has been passed to us. And it's our job to ensure that it continues and we will not let it die. Mm-hmm. And then I like the Finn. They've taken enough of us. Now we take the war to them. Mm-hmm. And I just, the mu- the music is stirring to hype for, for this battle. And you see them preparing all the ships. And I just, I just love, love that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I so, really like uh, Leia's saber. Yeah. Yes. It's That's very, so really, awesome. really, it's really elegant. It is. Yep. That that princess side of her. Yeah, that's all yeah, there on all the royal. way. <laughs> yeah. I thought they did and a really good job with that. That was an interesting point too, because what Luke says is that Leia basically chose not to be a Jedi because she sensed that. Her, she sensed her son's death at the end of her Jedi path. Mm-hmm. And she said that someone would pick up her saber again and finish the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and I just like how much, how perfect that is. And that, I felt like that line there, if we were paying attention, you'd have known that Ben was going to die. I, I felt like if we've, the first, even the first time you see it, if you just kind of just like, if you were paying attention to the footwork in the last Jedi, if you pay attention to that line, it meant that Ben was going to die at the end of this movie. It's a little foreshadowing. And you know what I find interesting is in that that flashback or that vision of Leia and Luke training together. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one interesting that she has a blue lightsaber, you know, a state love color of a Jedi guardian, and then when they're they're training and fighting together, she actually has luke on the ground she's beaten him in a lightsaber battle Mm -hmm. so you know he might be a little more strong in the the force side of things but as far as combat leia's always been tough strong a fighter and even able to to beat him in lightsaber combat 
Mm-hmm. And strategy as well. You know, like I think that that, that plays mm-hmm. a huge factor in lightsaber duels is knowing strategy, you know, and knowing your enemy. And I think that that was another, like, I, I think so too. Like that flashback was huge because once again, now we know that Leia was training Ray. So once again, mm-hmm. it, it gives more credence to how far Ray was able to come in that short time. So I do like this. <laughs> This movie is so good in in that aspect. It really, yeah, you see Leia and you get to see her and her. And I know uh, Billy Lord was the one who portrayed her in that scene. And that that's always special uh, mm-hmm. to be to be able to portray her. And so we kind of need to because I know you need to get going here. So we kind of need to talk more. Let's talk some more towards the end when we get to uh, Ray gets Luke's uh, X-Wing, and I love it. We're getting an old mm-hmm. signal from Red 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was interesting because what, what Palpatine is trying to do here is he really wants Ray, and I think this whole him trying to get her to strike him down was more of misleading. What he's trying to do is get her to lose her focus and become uncontrolled because basically if you kind of want to go back to the uh, Bane books that we we've talked about Mm -hmm. and he's trying to his clone body isn't enough can't handle his power that's why he's all Mm -hmm. even grosser than the emperor (laughs) and and so his, his clone body can't handle his own power. And so I think he's trying to literally transfer his being into Ray's body. Mm-hmm. Or I think he was probably going to do the same thing, even if Kylo had killed her. Mm-hmm. And he would try to do the same thing to him. Yeah. And, but that's what I find interesting is he then finds out that they're a dyad in the force I love yeah. I love that line unseen for generations. Unseen because, for generations. Because if you know spoilers, if you know anything about Knights of the Republic, that's pretty much where the dyad idea came from. Mm-hmm. Bond in the force. And so but he says the the dyad, uh what was it the line here? Uh I wrote it down. Uh, the, oh, uh, before we get to that, I like how Palpatine is is up to his old tricks. He's trying to convince Rey that she needs to kill him in order to save Mm -hmm. her friends. Basically, how he got Anakin, it's how he tried to get Luke. He's just, like, using the same tactics. He thinks Mm -hmm. that, he thinks that him and his power, he became... Uh, arrogant and and lost in his ways the same way the Jedi did in the prequels. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of the the as he as he would say ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, it's the the dyad. The power of two restores the one true emperor, mm-hmm. and so he's basically taking out his life force and you can see that his body becomes healed it's mm-hmm. it's and mm-hmm. and that was 
interesting. And, and I love, so I once fall, so falls the last Skywalker, and he throws Ben down the pit of however far that goes. <laughs> the random pit that just happens to be there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, He's he could have opened it up himself. He, he was strong on the Force again at that point. I also, <laughs> I love the Force lightning. The Force storm. Mm. Because it reminds me of Vader's line is the power to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the force. And this is one of the largest examples of the force being used in all Star yeah. Wars is this yep. giant force storm. And it doesn't even mm -hmm. look like it's taxing him at all. Mm -hmm. it's, but then, it's when, of, then when he tries to use it against Rey, it pales in comparison. Well, if you actually, you can see her. She isn't just blocking it. She's sending it back, kind of like Yoda would. And you can see the explosions mm -hmm. that are hitting him. And I kind of, I really like uh, kind of how his he face know melts. How to, to stop doing it when it's hurting himself. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he had a choice. No, Obviously, no. We, we saw we saw Ray could do it. We saw Ray could use the Force Lightning, so obviously then she could probably stop it, no different than Yoda. And I think she was doing like Yoda had done and is amplifying it back towards him. And he don't got he doesn't have a lightsaber to to stop it. And I think though I, I, I thought it was interesting the way his face kind of melts. It brought me back to Indiana Jones, and I felt like, especially because I've been watching Light and Magic and how much effort it took to make them do that, it kind of felt like that moment, and I thought that was like their own... It was almost like Light and Magic, ILM's own little Easter egg to some of their previous work. And I thought that was kind of cool. But I also, I get the sense, like, when she's killing him, she's not just killing his body. And and that's uh, when she finally does it because all the the Sith Eternal and everything is destroyed, and you can see it, it just feels like he's not coming back. He's dead. It, she killed him and any any essence of him. And I, I think that was was cool. I love the sound design when he starts to do the force storm. Yes. Uh, it goes quiet, just like like builds up vibrations and then just goes quiet for a second as it launches out of his fingers. Mm -hmm. And I I think I, I like that power because it, it does it is reminiscent of uh Nice Little Public again. You get those kind of influences there where um Force Storm is the evolution above Force Lightning. Mm -hmm. And it's um, it looks so good yeah and like i had said before i think that's coming up to the end of this movie i love seeing force powers you know i love that like the cartoons can like exaggerate some of the force powers just because it's it's easier you know to do that in a cartoon versus live action but i feel like they did a great job like you said this was the the biggest display of like some sort of force power and you know, I, I so I, I thought that that in itself was really cool. I think some of the ways that this ended up playing out uh, was a little strange. I would do differently. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think this, once again, you just, you need to just follow with what's written, <laughs> what was directed some in some ways, you know, have a little faith in what they, they wanted to portray in this versus, you know, thinking mm-hmm. so much of why can, you know, how could somebody force seal somebody, but then they can't force seal them back, you know, situations, you know, like all that. If you both have the power to force seal, but you can't force seal each other. I you think know, you I, only, I only can make an argument can. on that. Well, yeah, anyone can argue it. I mean, I can argue anything. <laughs> Throw anything at me, I'll argue it. Fair. It doesn't matter if you can argue it or not. I'm just saying, you know, that is that is a huge question. You know, it'd be like, oh yeah, you know, you can you can force seal at this time, at this time, but not this time. And you can't wait a certain amount of time or even now what we're learning about like Palpatine and everything that Palpatine was able to do. So then there's the power to do that as well. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, where you draw the line on what powers that you use, you know, type situation. Cause you know, I just think even if, even if you think of like someone dying, you know, (laughs) and, and bringing them back, you know, type of situation. But yeah, I think in that moment she was dead and Ray can feel, or, or Finn can feel, or because you said, you said that uh, like the Lego movie was confirming that Finn has the Force. You know, yeah. He, in this movie, Finn feels when Ray dies, and I think both of them were drained of their life force in that fight when when Palpatine did that, and I think. Ben then used all his energy to climb out of that pit and gives his last remaining life force to Ray. And I think that moment is kind of it's it's really nice because Ray I think knows that uh Ben is going to die. And that's why she gives him the kiss because it gives him the last moment of what what turned him back to the light side what he wanted and it was the love of her and his mother of leia and it's kind of that touching moment because and the reason why i say leia is because you see him disappear no different he becomes one with the force but you also leia's body hasn't disappeared yet and that's moment when he dies she becomes one with the force as well and and so i just that's just a good moment and it's it's touching that he would use his last little ability because of the people who saved him uh for ray and and that i i just like that moment and i yeah uh, I would be interested to see how they can kind of continue. I like the also like as soon as they're leaving Exegol, the sun's coming up. It's getting brighter on Exegol, and I feel like once the evil has been extinguished, that even the planet itself is already starting to heal. That planet hasn't probably seen daylight in a long time and it's kind of it was interesting because you can they haven't even left exegol yet but you start to see the sun and everything starting to look better and it's it's just interesting 
perspective. Mm-hmm. I love uh, when the three of them get back. You have that little celebration. They all hug. <clears throat> I don't think it was needed, but I would have loved to see her explain to them that basically they couldn't have done this without Ben. Yeah. The person that they hated, that the the love that she had to show and the Leia showed to him helped turn him back and without his help would not have been able to finish finish that and how how much of a part he played in that Mm -hmm. and i know i've kind of rambled on here you guys can jump in if (laughs) no i think like what you're saying I, i like that too i like the celebration um obviously brings ties uh to the other sequel with the celebration you know celebrations across the galaxy um rebellica said the whole galaxy may be starting to heal and i think they showed that well you know like and once again uh bringing back warwick davis and his real son getting to see you know them on Mm -hmm. indoor you know we got wicket and his his little son that was such a cool that was such a cool moment in the movie too and um, yeah, I, I think like what Rebellica said, I, I think once again, now we're getting back to the healing and once again, we have a new generation of heroes, uh, to basically carry the, the baton and hopefully there's not another order that comes from this order. <laughs> you know, one, so, one question I'm kind of left with is, um, who's flying the ghost at this point? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's my question. What's it been up uh, to? Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's talk about the last scene. Ray goes they to bury this... Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber in the sand. Oh. I so I get I get the irony there, but I'm also I don't know. It's it's. Kind of like it feels like passing the baton. It's time for that generation and for it's time for the new generation to make the new stories and in, in the new galaxy. Mm-hmm. I, and we kind of talked about this, the more that I say it, the more that I hear it, the more that I like it. Ray Skywalker. She, I'm just sad I like, that just had that beautiful lightsaber is buried in the sand i know lightsaber <laughs> i like so beautiful so i the reason why i like the ray skywalker is it kind of it it also makes the whole it's called the skywalker saga and it's always been about the skywalkers all nine movies are and it kind of her choosing the skywalker name even though she's a palpatine it it more means that names aren't necessarily all there is. It's who you are. It's who you choose to be. It's who, yeah, it's who you choose to be. Who's you choose is your family. We all mm-hmm. have friends that aren't related to us that we call family. That's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what Star Wars is. 
Luke, Leia, and Han didn't, well, Luke and Leia didn't know that they were related till the very end, but they were family. Even Lando is included in that. And that's, that's what Star Wars is, is being a group. Han and Chewie aren't family, but they are family. And I know I'm starting to sound like a Fast and Furious movie, but... <laughs> but it's the point. All you is need that, is family. That that it makes it that the the name you choose is is who you are, not necessarily what what you're given with or born with. And she's choosing to ignore what her birth name would be, and choosing her family is the Skywalker family. And Ray, mm-hmm. not only that, but being a Jedi, the the name Jedi or the name Skywalker is synonymous with the Jedi, and so it's just it's fitting. And uh, I think uh, you wanted to kind of get going a little earlier. Do you guys have anything else we want to add? We kind of we're gonna have to end a little early here, so. Yeah, I'll just say about the the whole thing. I think for a long time, I've thought that was really cheesy. And like we've already discussed, you can argue about anything either way. And it is what it is. There's obviously no way anyone can change it. It it is what happened. I would say I do like the flip side of that argument. The flip side in being that somebody can be more than what their, their name is. Someone can supersede the past. You don't have to pay for the sins of the father, or in this case, the grandfather. And I feel like, you know, it it would be just as powerful to say that she's a Palpatine, you know, but she's taking the Palpatine name in a different way. She's showing that just because her name is Palpatine, she doesn't have to be evil. You know, I I think that's, you know, uh, there's a similar argument to that. You know, it's just like, you know, somebody in real life, if you're, dad is a horrible person do you have to change your last name because your dad was bad or can you be a good person and change the you know the history of what that name means you know i feel like i I think there's a little bit of both there the argument to that is is if your dad's a bad guy a a few people don't like him whereas the emperor was a really bad guy and the entire galaxy didn't like him i fear the it's a much uh, bigger name to try to Except if you're yeah, the but now of she's Hitler, the great. Now she's name? the greatest, though. So we have now the worst person and the greatest person. So now you have <laughs> yeah, a battle ga- of the the Ooh. greatest person in the galaxy who defeated the worst person in the galaxy. So just as powerful as a, the the wickedness is, is the greatness. I don't know if if uh, I'm the granddaughter of Hitler. I think probably changing my name. <laughs> well, there there still is people with the last name Hitler. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to dislike them based on their last name. I'm not going to judge them based on their last name. And if they did great Fair. things, I think that I think that'd be even more, you know, heartwarming if I heard that, you know, a great granddaughter of Hitler, you know, was doing all these amazing things across the UK. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be cool. So one thing. I we kind of discussed this, and I just wanted to touch on it uh, briefly before we we end. But we talked about: do we want to see these characters again and and more stuff? 
And my thought on that is I do, but I want to see Ray training a new generation of Jedi. We could make a, like a little series of that, but I don't really want to see a new trilogy in, in regards to the fact of like another Sith comes out. I want there to be like a thousand years or so before we start seeing Sith again. And, and we'll look at the legends that Ray was and Grogu will be a, a, a grandmaster or whatever. But you know, I want there to like actually be a time of peace and like make it seem like this effort work, not like in five years, well, there's another, another great big evil we have to destroy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there should be remnants of the Sith in the unknown regions that take generations to rebuild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see these characters continue. The other thing to think about, and we haven't touched on it, but we we're talking about uh, lightsabers, is Rey creates her own new one. And I, just, I just as, yeah, just as leia's is so leia i think that ray's lightsaber is totally her i and i love the way that she switches it on with like the the spin flip and oh man it's that's an awesome lightsaber too i do like that lightsaber because obviously it was basically her staff mm -hmm. and i was i'm watching this movie thinking she's got the lightsaber on her belt why does she carry this staff everywhere <laughs> a good walking stick, sir. And just so, so that's, but I love that, like, she stubbornly does that. And so that's what she makes her lightsaber out of. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, Rebecca said, I'd rather see shorts or a mini series, not new movies. And I think, you know, Disney can do obviously whatever they want. They have the money to do it and they don't really care. Um, if they did another trilogy, I would be all over it. Night one, every single one of them. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, we'll, <laughs> no, we'll be we'll be discussing no it later. We won't see. Uh, yeah. But I do feel like they've been doing so well um, with the shows and the series and things like that, even if it's a, a one season, you know, series of whatever it might be. And if they did that, I would love it as well, because you're going to get, you know, more actual screen time with a series, even if it's one season, you know, mm -hmm. then then probably you know, three movies, you know? So I think that that's cool. You know, you could build it. We get to see it week after week versus waiting years in between. And then hopefully, you know, nothing happens to mess up the filming and the directing and all this type of stuff. Most likely it's like with the show, you're going to keep the same director. It's going to be more fluid. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to to see any one of these characters really just to continue on with their their story. I feel like they left a lot of openings at the end of this movie that, you know, we could uh, follow Lando. Uh, we could follow Finn, uh, Poe or Ray, really, you know, so I think any of it would be good. I would I would really love to see a new uh, Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Academy where Ray is like is like the Luke figure in that game. And Finn could be the Kyle Katarn could be your master and you could go on missions and, and help people across the galaxy as a paddle one, learning to be a Jedi and that, that arc, that game is, is really good. And I feel like, I feel like it could flow well with what they've established after this too. And that's kind of my, mm -hmm. my point was yeah. that not, not that I would love to see a new trilogy. I would just, what I was trying to say is that if we start to see a new trilogy, 
that there uh, some time had a long time would have passed like her this this great battle has led to a lasting some somewhat lasting peaceful time and that the next threat would be for few way off in the future and, and but but that's what i was saying like series you could get little series with like little events like like Quentin was talking about little missions uh jedi academy style that would be a great series i would love to see that mm-hmm yeah and uh send it o'reilly said don't tell disney i said this but i'd pay double the subscription if they did nothing but more star wars series uh, but I'm pretty sure Kathleen Kennedy already said there won't be any more trilogies for the foreseeable future. And yeah, there's been multiple people that talked about that they're backing away from the movies, especially um, uh, trilogies. I don't know if it's movies. They, I think they said trilogies, yeah. Yeah, but I think even movies as well, because if you look at what they're working on coming up, they don't got no time and they don't they don't have the they amount of people no to do that it, like <laughs> uh, don't you dare like start trying to make a movie during like the ahsoka series and stuff like that don't even think about it you put everything every person on that series have i don't you seen... want you have it i don't want you splitting people up and figuring out who's gonna work on what like <laughs> you need to be working on these series you muted yourself q uh, Dave is is working on the Ahsoka series, and that's all you need to know. Like he's already I've that already man seen, will uh... nail it. He that's his character. <laughs> he is everything Star Wars is. I have no doubt in my mind that the only thing I need to know is Dave's working on that project. And yeah, and I want anyone else I want can go Dave, do whatever they I do on Dave Star Wars. And John, I want Dave and John and everybody. If you're gonna make a movie, I want them on the movie. If you're gonna make a yeah. series, I want them on the series. I want them even, you know, True. even if they're not directing it, I want them on set overseeing things. So that's what I'm saying is I need my people on the shows. So don't make no <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So I think that's a, that's a good ending point for us. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much uh, for joining. Uh, looks like we got uh, Purple Haze there. Rebellica, send it. Natogo Bap, stop by. Seth was in the chat uh let's see i know there was someone else i'm missing here oh uh blind giant 808 uh do you know them josiah yeah yeah blind giant he's he's my guy over in hawaii and yeah big shout out to purple haze um i i appreciate that you're doing your homework too i'm gonna be guesting on her her podcast this week uh spoiler alert so yeah i appreciate you stopping by oh cool well there's your shout out <laughs> uh guys uh if you want to support us uh join our discord we have fun chats there uh also we have our patreon listed if you want to support us in that way uh, all of our twitters are either on the screen and the links are in the description as well and uh, i also wanted to say that for the what we're going to be talking about the next three weeks we're going to be going over uh, Bad Batch Season 1. Uh, we're going to cut it into three parts. And we're going to talk about over that over the next three weeks. Then we'll talk about Rogue One the Monday or, or well, the week before the 
and our series comes out. And then we'll basically be covering that because we also know that Disney schedule, there could be some crossover with uh, Andor episodes coming out same same week as uh, some Bad Batch season two as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of Star Wars stuff to look forward to, lots of stuff to talk about. And yeah, it was a fun one. You know, one mm-hmm. thing I wanted to bring out that I thought is when Ray hears the voices, mm-hmm. Luke is the last one to talk. And and what does he say, Quentin? May the force be with you, always. Well, kind of. He says the force <laughs> will be with. He says uh, the force will be with you always. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. It means the same thing, right? Uh-huh. All right. See you guys. Have a good one.